0: Good morning, everybody. This is Jean Nathan. It's Crosstown Conversations. And I have a lineup of not only stars, but people who really care about our city, who have really been working hard to help us really grow as a a major entrepreneurial center in the United States. That is a big goal, and um, they do some very big stuff to try to achieve that. And, you know, I wanted to make sure that all of you out there who may have not been able to get to the big New Orleans Entrepreneur Week that happened last week, some of us call it the Mardi Gras of business development and entrepreneurial um, initiatives, to hear from some of the folks that were involved in putting that on, but also who, generally speaking, are trying to make sure that um, we have opportunities in this city for our (laughs) entrepreneurial, business-oriented folks. So I'm going to open up with um, the guy who got it all started, uh, Tim Williamson, who's the co-founder and CEO of Idea Village. And I'm sure most of you have heard of Idea Village, even if you don't really know what it is, and that's what we're going to work on today. And then Victoria Adams... Phipps, newly married second name, who is the executive producer of the New Orleans Entrepreneur Week. She is, I don't know, left and right arms for um, Tim and has um, done an incredible job of making, um, you know, uh, what could be a series of boring forums into a, a veritable festival. So um, we've got some interesting folks. And then they're going to be followed by two of the speakers in the program and people who head up other programs that are meant to really help you out there get involved in the opportunities that are presented to us. Now, Tim, I want to get started with the fact that the reality in the whole country and to some extent in the world is that with the kind of basic manufacturing industries and jobs heading offshore, a lot of people are out of work. A lot of people have lost jobs. And there are not the kind of new entry jobs that helped America grow in the 20th century. And that, as we all know, is an underlying issue in this incredibly contentious presidential election Mm -hmm. that we're going through right now. So – Everybody's talking entrepreneurship because the basic thing is if you're going to do it, you got to do it yourself now. Yep. So one of your goals, I know, is to make sure that New Orleans is not left out of that game. So I want to hear a little bit. You've been at this now for how many years?
1: Uh, 16.
0: 16 years. That's a long Sweet time, Sweet 16. Folks. 16 tons. <laughs> <laughs> um, so tell me about what your vision and your expectations were when you first started and how they've evolved as you've been working on this. Because I remember the early days when there were a handful of businesses mm-hmm. that you were able to help, and it's gone. it's grown into the thousands. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a pretty big leap.
1: Well, Gene, well, first, uh, thank you uh, for inviting me here, and it's so great to see you. And I've loved our conversations over the last 16 years. <clears throat> I mean, the Idea Village was founded very humbly by um, five um, entrepreneurs who all were connected by the fact we were born in New Orleans. Uh, we were born in the 60s. Uh in the eighties we when we graduated we had to leave and get jobs as a person with the New York and Boston, Atlanta and Pittsburgh. And we all came home in the late nineties to start uh companies and we found the city in decline. Uh we had the worst education system in the country, we had a crime rate, we had other factors. It just really wasn't a great place to be. So the Ida Village was founded in a bar um over conversations and we collectively believed that we needed to figure out how to change Where
0: else to it. start something you know, in the world but in a bar?
1: Um, And, boy, it wasn't started by any major business leaders or anything. It was really just us who really, at the end of the day, wanted to stay here and raise our families here. And we collectively believe in the power of entrepreneurship because what entrepreneurs do is they find problems out there. And, like you said, they self-start. They raise resources to start businesses, and they create jobs, and they create revenue. And they ultimately create wealth, and that's where all the wealth comes from is from starting your own business. But then ultimately the entrepreneurs with their wealth – pay it forward back in the community. So the original idea 16 years ago is to create a whole new generation of business leaders and civic leaders and try to take on all the challenges in our community in a different way. Um, So it's been a 16-year journey. Um, As I mentioned over the week, it was like watering a desert. I mean, we didn't have a lot of resources in New Orleans back in 2000. Uh, There were no Fortune 100 companies. There weren't uh, a rash of investors. And entrepreneurship was at a standstill. So the journey over the last 16 years has been, at the end of the day, I think, led by people who love New Orleans and, want, as you said, want to make sure New Orleans is competitive with the country and the world. And I'm proud to say I think we're in the game. we got a lot of work to do, but um, we're seeing a a collaborative network of local, national, and global people coming together to support entrepreneurs. We're seeing – people who are successful coming out of this community. And there's a belief we can do it, but there's still tons of work to do.
0: So in the tons of work to do, one of the things that always strikes me is how people who might not have been able to get a a kind of typical mainstream job often wind up being freelancers. And I'm talking about everything from young white writers to um, people who do landscape work, and they have their own little truck and their name and their phone number on the truck, and they're out there working and i I look at at some of those folks especially I see the the guys with their their trucks and their phone numbers yep. on it and and I think if they had business training, yep they could do so much more than have to scrap and do my yard and do my neighbor's yard. they could be landscape architects, they could be um horticulturalists they could be all kinds of things and and it's hard it's hard for them to conceive of being able to go that far and so let's start with that whole idea of conceiving of what you can do and then how do we help those guys
1: Well, one thing and you're absolutely right we just finished uh, the eighth New Orleans Entrepreneur Week where we had 118 events over eight days and the focus this year wasn't just for the entrepreneur it was actually to create the entrepreneurial mindset for everyone in the community so uh, we created content that we felt was locally significant but globally relevant, meaning that if you're from the world it made sense locally and it connected to us. But you know what? We have to think bigger because the world's changing right now and things are changing. So the content we created wasn't just for the entrepreneur who's trying to start a business. It's for everybody in the community to learn what's it like to think differently. What's it like to be, quote, unquote, entrepreneurial? What's it like? What's social media? I mean, whatever business you're in, what's social media? How do you – you know, raise money from a bank or an angel investor, or you know, the you know the failure fest, going through challenges. So, we're crafting New Orleans Entrepreneur League to be a platform for everyone in the community to go at whatever level you are. If you're an early stage entrepreneur, you're growing your business, or if you're just an employee, or you're thinking about doing something, there is content for everybody to basically position everyone in the community for the future of where the, our economy is going. Um, so we're excited by we had. Uh, we haven't calculated the numbers, but over 10,000 people throughout the week attended it. We had 118 events, as I said. And we're hoping, and the goal is, is to create a platform so that everyone can say, I can learn something, and that, that I can uh, position myself for the future. And you'll hear a little bit later, we also had programs for kids. And I think part of this, this ecosystem, and a lot of work to do, is not just entrepreneurs. We need to educate at the early age. I have a little third grader. They need to start learning in the second, third grade the entrepreneur mindset. We had a program with Junior Achievement, the Trust Your Created Ideas Challenge, where kids were pitching alongside, you know, the, the, the other folks in the community. But, Gene, at all levels, we need to start to encourage the entrepreneurial mindset to make sure we're all positioned for the future.
0: What, what, how, how would you define the entrepreneurial mindset? Um, I mean, you have it because when you started your organization, you started from scratch.
1: Well, the entrepreneurial mindset is when a challenge hits you, which it will, or when Something doesn't work, which it will, or when you're um, confronted with a major obstacle, you work through and figure out the answer. The entrepreneurial entrepreneurial mindset is just looking at challenges as opportunities and trying to come up with new ideas and new ways around it. Some people, when there's failure, they they say, it's over. I I failed. Um, Some people, when there's an obstacle, they say, I can't get over it. Some people say, you know what? A failure, I learned from it. I'm going to learn from that. Some people say, when the obstacle, how do I get over it? And they get stronger through failure. So, I mean, New Orleans is an entrepreneurial mindset city. If you think about Katrina, I mean, you know, the resiliency of this community, I mean, we have it in our bones. On a
0: community uh, level, uh, even,
1: uh, we're entrepreneurial. I mean, we're approaching 300 years. We've had major challenges in this city. But you know what? We get stronger. And so the entrepreneurial mindset is this mindset that whatever happens to me, I'm going to get stronger. I'm going to learn. Secondarily, we mentioned that Walter Isaacson meant it. Diversity and collaboration is an entrepreneurial mindset. Great entrepreneurs build diverse networks, and it's about new thinking. And you don't want to be with people who are just like you. You want to mix up with people who are challenging you. So the entrepreneurial mindset: entrepreneurs are great at building diverse networks of people around them who challenge them, who who you know keep them, who call, call them out. But it's about building collaborative uh, networks.
0: So, so there are folks out there. Uh, and, and I, I've grown up with them. I was telling you I, I grew up in the Bronx. and There were plenty of people that I grew up with who who never looked beyond their block. And in, in New Orleans, that is a real phenomenon. There are people who you know grew up on Barrack Street and, and don't don't want to go to Delgado because they got to get a bus to go to Delgado. And they they're so rooted in their um, the place that they're in as opposed to the place that they could be in. What would you advise that? That young person that, that gal yeah. that guy who's who 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 who's so rooted to his neighborhood in New Orleans that he can 't see beyond it
1: well I was you know I might have been that guy growing up here you know when you when, you know, when you grow up here you think you're, New Orleans is that block or that school or that place you go to when you leave, you realize the world's so big. My advice is the world is changing, and the world is open right now, so when we grew up there wasn 't a Facebook or Twitter or social media or whatever it is, but you're one step away from anyone in the world right now, and the resources are global. You can live in New Orleans on whatever block you are, be connected to anybody in the world, to get any resources, and they're out there for you. But that's how the world has changed, is that you are – it is a globally connected network. And so if you're just not open to that, you're going to miss out on information. You're going to miss out on opportunities. You're going to miss out on what's happening. But secondarily, it's the way ideas are exchanged these days and, and commerce is exchanged. So what we want to do in New Orleans is just position all New Orleans – one is there's a resource here to teach you what's out there. It's all, all we can do is teach you what's out there. And secondarily, position New, Orleans, New Orleanians to be connected to the world so that you can live here. When I grew up here, you had to go to New York or Boston or San Francisco to be, quote, unquote, connected to the resources. That's not it anymore. You can live right here in New Orleans, in any neighbor in New Orleans, and be connected to the world. We just have to explain that. And the great thing I saw about New Orleans Entrepreneur Week, the world's coming to us. We had some of the leading investors in the world coming to New Orleans to look at companies with folks like Steve Case and Walter Isaacson and Jim Say who
0: they are because not Uh, not everybody uh, in the audience knows who these guys are.
1: Steve Case, the founder of American Online. So 31 31 years ago, he had a crazy idea about getting everyone on this thing called the Internet. Uh, He came to New Orleans and talked about – how New Orleans is considered one of the leading hubs of entrepreneurship in this country. That's crazy, if you can think about that idea. But also he talked about the third wave of what's happening in the, in, in the economy. Uh, the first wave was building the Internet, and that's what he did with AOL. The second wave was um, uh, communicating on it. That's Facebook and Twitter and other things. But the third wave, which I think is New Orleanians need to understand is be prepared for this, people are using technology to disrupt current industries. So – Uber's is, is, is doing this in taxi cabs or Netflix with Blockbuster. Technology, people are using technology in different ways. So looking at expertise, if you're good at food, you don't need to be an entrepreneur. You need to know food or logistics. The world's changing fast, and so we want to make sure that we're going to be disrupting rather than be disrupted. You know, and and that is
0: how we bring those jobs back, those manufacturing jobs. I just happened to flip through the style section of the New York Times this morning. That's always the first section I open. I have to admit the Mm -hmm. girl is still in the girl. And um, there was a story about a, a sock. (laughs) <laughs> an odd kind of sheer sock that is the rage in some parts of this country. And um, some woman in in Los Angeles got the idea to do this weird little sock and it's become a sensation. Yeah. That is a garment. Yep. It is being produced in Los Angeles, not in China. And we can do that
1: here. And, and the Orleanians think about it. Your clients are the world. You can sell to anyone in the world now. You don't have to sell to your neighborhood or around the corner. You could live here. Whatever crazy idea you have, you can sell it to anyone in the world. Now. Yeah,
0: I heard the, the way to buy that sock was strictly online. Victoria, I've left you hanging there a little bit. But um, what I wanted to ask you, 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 both of you actually, Tim and you, what I love about this festival is that you're not um, back in some smoke-filled room. You're right there in the middle of these sessions listening to them, checking out what's going on in the crowd. And uh, so I want to hear from you on what were some of the really strong highlights, the ideas that you heard from the speakers in the sessions, and and, and, and and what were some of the feelings you had about people who were there and what they were getting out of it?
2: Well, Jean, first and foremost, thank you so much for uh, having me on the show this morning. It's always a pleasure. Um, but, but Tim has kind of touched on a lot of the, the key themes that we saw coming out of the week. I think one of the biggest was the concept of diversity and collaboration. I think that's something that we talk about as a community, uh, but that's becoming a much broader conversation in entrepreneurship as you look nationally or even globally. Um, and that was on, on a variety of perspectives, you know, talking about inclusivity and racial equity within entrepreneurship, whether it's, you know, the entrepreneurial community is a little too clubby and how we change that. Um, there are dialogues around, you know, entrepreneurs' responsibilities back to the community. You know, we talk a lot about you know, the things that the local nonprofits need to do, the technical assistance providers, you know, the idea villages of the world, what they should be doing to support entrepreneurs. But the flip side of that is what should entrepreneurs be doing to support their communities? There's a big dialogue about how entrepreneurs truly influence change. Um, and then this last concept of disruption, you know, I think looking at the 21st century economy, we have to do things differently. We have to be proactive. We have to continue to sharpen each other. Um, And that's happening on a variety of fronts, whether you're looking at the progression of industries like food, something that's had, you know, a 300-year history in this city, or you're looking at emerging industries like transportation logistics with the Uber example that Tim provided. Um, So I think overall, the theme of the content this year was forward-looking, you know, what is the next 100 years of New Orleans going to look like? Obviously, that's going to start with the entrepreneurs in this community, whether that's the salon owner or the big startup that you know grows to have the next big exit. Um, but I think it, it was all about collectively, entrepreneur or not, how are we going to progress, and how do we start that conversation right here at New Orleans Entrepreneur Week? Who were some of your
0: favorite examples of um, entrepreneurs, either in your amongst your speakers? or some of the people who came in and competed for the pitches. And I, I'd love for you to t- tell people about the pitches, because I'm sure everybody has heard about the pitches, but they don't necessarily... um see that as something that relates to them. I mean, even myself, when I sat and I listened to the pitches and I was saying, hmm, maybe I should not have been a nonprofit, maybe I should have been a startup and done a pitch and got some real money to work with instead of all the grants that I have to chase every day. So, um, you know, who were some of the the people who really had some exciting ideas that you heard, either from the speakers or from your um, attendees or the folks who did the pitching? And and explain to people about the pitching, because that's really the heart and soul in a way of entrepreneurship. Entrepreneur Week. Well, I shouldn't say that. It's really the um, well, it's kind of the pinnacle. That's that's where the excitement uh, ends up, especially on Fridays, so in the big idea day.
2: Sure thing. And maybe I'll start there. So New Orleans Entrepreneur Week itself, as you mentioned, is an eight-day festival um, celebrating our collective successes as a community and as a region. Um, so within that, you have educational sessions, you have keynote speakers, you have roundtables and community dialogues. We also have pitch competitions, a really important com- uh, component of what we produce each year. Um, these pitch competitions are typically highlighting early stage startup companies, the vast majority of whom are local, homegrown right here in New Orleans. Um, and it's giving them a platform. You know, it's elevating them to the community, oftentimes for the very first time. It's providing them with the opportunity to compete for some, you know, initial seed capital to hopefully grow their business. And those prizes can be anything from, you know, $5,000 worth of in-kind resources from Cox Business all the way up through $100,000 of equity investment. Um, so, you know, the, the types of opportunities these companies are being provided through these pitch competitions are vast. Um, but that's, that's a big part of what we do, elevating these local companies so that people can actually see um, you know, the proof is in the pudding. See the companies that are coming out of New Orleans, be able to learn more about them, be able to support them, and hopefully to continue to support them beyond just that pitch competition. So this um, year – oh, go ahead.
0: Go ahead. I, I was just going to say um, I, I, I walked through the tents. Uh, to you know talk with all and that 's one of the things I love about this uh, is that tent where everybody has their little table and their giveaways and their ideas, and they 're right there in front of you to talk about their what they 're trying to do, so you have this real face to face it 's not Abstract. It's real. Um, what were some of the uh, give p- people uh, some of the examples of some of the pitches because they were very homegrown. You had everything from somebody selling a new exercise program idea to somebody. Uh, my, one of my favorites was the the sugar cane drink, uh, sugar cane. Oh,
2: fresh cane. Uh huh. Yeah,
0: with with lime and lemon. That was delicious, and, and um, you know. And then you have the more um, advanced kind of ideas, like the culture sis guy who. Um, didn't uh, I think I'm not pronouncing that right? Culturalist.
1: Culturalist, yeah. Yeah. Culture, um, music, yeah, you
0: know who who's out there trying to make sure that people know who's available in the marketplace that's working in the creative um, fields. But um, give me some of the uh, examples of in the more homegrown opportunities because I think folks when they hear about this, they probably think oh that's for big guys big businesses but no it's for real homegrown kind of stuff.
2: Absolutely. I mean, you actually touched on one of my favorite stories that's come out of Entrepreneur Week. Uh, The Sweat Social um, is a a local company, but they actually visited New Orleans Entrepreneur Week. We visited New Orleans for the first time last year doing New Orleans Entrepreneur Week 2015. um, And following the festival, made the decision to move here, to start their company here. um, And they actually made it to the final three of the big idea, which is our final pitch competition. Um, And they have a concept that is um, providing easy access fitness courses to the tourist and traveler. Um so workouts you can book through your hotel concierge. You can go online and book via an app. So as opposed to working out in your dingy hotel gym, having a cool workout experience over on the river or perhaps underneath the bridge. Um so they were a really interesting concept and it was really cool to see their transition from visitor to New Orleans, attending the festival, to start up who's pitching on the stage a year later.
0: They're kind of um, like workout concierges, I guess you might say.
2: Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And
0: that's, um, I mean, that's, that's the kind of an idea, you know, I can imagine somebody having at a kitchen table or, or as you said, at a bar, in a bar with yep. friends one night, and, and just taking that idea seriously. I think sometimes that's the heart of it.
1: Well, you know, all of those companies, it was just an idea at a kitchen table or a bar, and I think that's what we want to do is give people a platform to communicate it. They're all early ideas, but they're all somebody mm-hmm. who is passionate about it, whether it's Fresh Cane or Sweat Social or culturists. I mean, Sam, who won the, the arts Power, challenge, yeah. right? He wants to put more money in musicians' hands. Yeah. Is it going to work? I, it could, but th- we need to give people a platform, and that's what we want anybody out there to know. If you have an idea, there's now a community out there that w- wants to help, and there's, a, there's partners. It's not just iDay the Village. There was over 63 partners who leveraged that platform to host events. Like uh, Cano and DDD and Urban League and Propeller and 4.0 Schools. So it's a little bit like Mardi Gras, where everyone's, the crews are coming together, but wherever angle you can get, we're trying to allow it so anyone can have access to this platform and any stage of the idea. You know,
0: that actually raises an issue that um, I, I'm, I'm fascinated to hear your thoughts on this. Um, I've been struck by how many new nonprofit. Uh, organizations around the city, some of them kind of falling all over each other with very similar um, agendas, very similar missions. And um, I, I, I sometimes I when I look in my promo file and I see yet another organization is doing some kind of education program or some kind of entrepreneurial program, um, I, I, I have this, this sense that um, we don't really know what everybody's doing, and, and there's no outlet that I know of. Maybe there is something that I just haven't caught up with yet where I can learn who are, who's doing what. So even in my field of creative futures, we do work yeah. with students and uh, getting them to know more about what the opportunities in the creative industries yeah. are. And every time I pick up that file, there's somebody new doing some kind yeah. of program and training kids to do the kind of things we're talking about. You know, in the crews, they have a council. Yeah that they all come together on yeah. it, and they plan Mardi Gras. Yeah. Why don't we have some kind of a, an effort to bring all of the entrepreneurial organizations, educational organizations, some of the people who are overlapping and trying to change this culture yeah. together?
1: Well, it, it, it's we're not as further along as probably where that is. Over 200 years it probably takes for that to happen,
0: but I think you
1: know we'd like to think that's what Entrepreneur Week is, is when everyone comes together. So. There were 63 organizations that hosted events throughout the week at New Orleans Entrepreneur Week, and it was a chance for all these different organizations to come together um, and to do what, to show what they do and how they do it. So Propeller hosted a water challenge, you know, because that's a the focus on social entrepreneurship. 4.0 schools hosted an education challenge because they're focused on education entrepreneurship. Urban League is focused on women in business challenge. So, you know, when we started this, and we did
0: the creatives.
1: And the yeah. creatives. So, what's great about it is 16 years ago, none of these really didn't exist. So, I'm okay. I love the fact that people care about entrepreneurship, but we need to come together. Now, that's what I think Entrepreneur Week can be is a platform to bring the diversity of the entrepreneurial spirit together so yeah. that anyone can walk through the eight days and see all these organizations, see what they do, and see which one's right for you and mm-hmm. and they're all doing different things but that's the power i think was happening in new orleans.
0: Victoria i just wanted to uh come back to you for a minute because i'm going to um wrap up with uh, tim shortly too and, and and move on to some of the uh, other speakers who were in your program and have some interesting things to tell us. But um again uh of all the things that happened, what 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 is the most challenging for you still? What is what would you like to further develop, um, uh, tweak a bit? Um, what are you know some of the lessons learned about how you can better reach, um, you know, again, reach our homegrown people? I think it's tremendously exciting how many people we're getting from elsewhere to come into the city, but I think there are those in the city who feel almost like we're being invaded. There there is that feeling out there. That's that old New Orleans kind of, you know, I'm New Orleans, you're not thing. Um, How how do we overcome that, and how do we make sure that the folks from here really get that step up the ladder?
2: Sure. So obviously it's a complex issue. Um, First and foremost, I think you have the term entrepreneur, which in and of itself not everyone deems themselves an entrepreneur, regardless of whether they're a business owner or not. Um, So you kind of have to do some work to get over that initial hurdle, because quite frankly, the majority of our audience actually are not founders of startup ventures. They might want to be one day, but they're currently not. Um, And so we have to do some work, you know, educating folks on what the event actually is. Uh, But above and beyond that, we have a pretty lofty goal of having something for everyone. So that's inclusive of, you know, the transplant who just moved here from San Francisco. It's inclusive of you know, the Newman grad who's decided, I'm not going to college. I'm starting a startup right here in, in New Orleans, the city I was born and raised in. But it's also inclusive of the, you know, 60-year-old Iberia banker. Um, so figuring out how to reach those individuals where they're at has become a big part of my role at the ID Village. But a big part of what our team spends efforts doing, actually going out and meeting this, with these groups. So meeting with the uh, shop owners association over on OC Haley going out and actually meeting and greeting with all of the bankers over at Iberia Bank, going and talking at all the universities, Um, so Loyola, Dillard, Tulane, Xavier, actually building relationships in each of those nodes and hopefully bringing them to at least just one event. If we can get you to one event, hopefully we can convert you to attend a couple more, and then you can grow to become an advocate for us and hopefully extend that to your community, your friends, your family, so on and so forth.
1: You know, this year um, uh, we kicked off the week with the first ever Latino Business Summit, all in Spanish. You know, so the whole session, all day, was completely 100% in Spanish. And that is something that we want to explore more of is, is each ev- event should be tailored to the community of what, how they want it to be. So we're open to ideas like that. If you consider New Orleans Entreweak as a platform for the community and, and there's a different group that wants to access it but do it differently, that's cool. And so that was that's a chance to, as, as Victoria said, we just want to get you the one thing. And once you see one thing, then you'll see all the other offerings of it. But the the, the goal this year, as we would like to call it, is scaling locally. How do we go deeper in New Orleans? And we've made some progress, but we're not there yet. Uh, and Just so,
0: for the f- folks who are not familiar with that term, scaling is all about building up, yep. making it bigger. But I want to throw out an absolutely crazy idea. Uh-oh. So here's a little special group that um, – I always think of as at heart entrepreneurial, just got down the wrong path didn't do well in school, out on the street, became involved in the criminal enterprises enterprises yeah. they're enterprises they're entrepreneurs and um I, I always think that God if you could just get some of these kids and redirect yeah. them that you've got some really strong ever thought
1: of that we have well there's some ideas out there that you know there's uh, thinking about next year of different ways of of uh, having different competitions that would be for folks who've gone through that on that path. But like you said, they're entrepreneurial. We just need to give them a platform that is is, a, is open. But what we're thinking about and we would love for our ideas of how do we – when we say scale locally, go deeper in New Orleans. This, is a, this was built for New Orleans, by New Orleans, but we want to be bigger in New Orleans. So this isn't a mechanism just to recruit people. How do we get people in New Orleans? We're thinking about that for next year. We're thinking Mm -hmm. about 17 now. Mm -hmm. So if there's folks out there who have ideas around engaging different groups, now's the time we think about it, um, and we'll be launching in in July.
0: So Tim Williamson, Victoria Adams, what's your um, website?
1: Um, www.ideavillage.org, O-R-G. And if you want to view uh, New Orleans Entrepreneur Week, you can go to www.noew.org.
0: I always just go to org and skip the www part, and I (laughs) usually get what I want to get that way. So uh, don't worry about all those Ws, folks. Just just put in Idea Village. Tim Williamson, Victoria Adams, I am very proud of what you guys do for our city, um, genuinely. And I um, encourage you in every direction to keep doing what you're doing to help this city become what it can be. And, and that's what I'm committed to, and a lot of us are committed to it, and we wouldn't be here if we weren't. Anybody who came back and stayed here and is fighting for this city really cares deeply about it. And I think that every, everybody cares deeply about their place, but, man, you hear somebody who's been here for two weeks and already they're deeply committed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I love this city is what how many people say that you are brand new to the town as well as people who've lived here for all their lives. So thank you so much. And um, y'all call them. Contact them with your idea. Get involved. Thank you. And,
1: and thank you so much for everything you're doing.
0: Absolutely. Thank you um, so much, Jean. Thank you, Victoria. Now, we, we're we not finished with this subject because we're going to go on and we're going to talk with Chris Crow, who organizes something called the Start Up Weekend New Orleans with the NOEW. So I'm going to find out which line I'm supposed to take for that, and I see it as two. Thank you. Hi, Chris. Hey, Jean, how's it going? I'm uh, good. I had a wonderful discussion with um, your pals, uh, Victoria and Tim, and uh, we'll keep on talking. And um, so uh, tell me all about, I see you're another New Orleans native, as is Tim. Now, Victoria was not, but I learned uh, for the first time when I looked at the material that she was a grad from the Loyola, Loyola Music Business Program, which is something that I was involved in the, the beginning of it, so I was really excited to hear that. But tell me about your um, path and how you got involved in this, and I want to know all about Startup Weekend, and I want to make sure everybody out there knows about it.
3: Yeah, sure. So, uh, like you said, I'm a New Orleans native, grew up uh, in New Orleans, went to Brother Martin. Uh, that's the first question anybody ever asks when they Where'd find you out go to school? Orleans,
0: right. <laughs> Yeah. Uh,
3: so, graduated from Brother Martin in 2006, uh, and then went out to uh, Lafayette. So, went to UL for six years, where I got an MBA. Uh, and after I finished, in uh, after I finished at UL in Lafayette, I came back to New Orleans to work for a startup company. Um, it was a company in the higher ed space, which was something I was involved in uh, while I was in school as well. Um, And through that company, through that startup, got connected with people at Idea Village and a few other uh, organizations, Startup Weekend as well, um, to kind of get into the community here. Because when I left, uh, I mean, in high school, when I was in high school, um, entrepreneurship, you know, startups weren't the trendy thing to talk about. Uh, They weren't making movies out of them. Uh, They weren't, you know, on the news every day and and that kind of thing. So, uh, when I came back, this whole entrepreneurship movement was something that I was just learning about for the first time, uh, and among other changes in New Orleans. Katrina was my senior year of high school, so wow. uh, yeah. when I leave – I tell people that when I moved back to New Orleans, uh, I moved – it was like I moved to a new city. I just knew where everything was.
0: <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I had that experience when I moved uh, back to work in New York in the 90s. It was a really odd perspective that you had you're in a totally new world and and your role is totally different um but you kind of know which bus to get on to go where and it's uh right yeah well all right so startup new orleans tell me about that
3: so yeah so startup weekend is a three-day event uh it starts obviously throughout the weekend starts on friday evening uh and at the beginning of the week right and it's a uh intensive 54-hour uh basically boot camp Um, where anyone with an idea so these are people that are uh, have been thinking of you know wanting to do a company have an idea for a company for a long time or just thought up an idea earlier in the week when they were driving to work Um, so anyone with an idea comes to the event and presents their idea to a random group of strangers Uh, so all the other participants and that's kind of the first uh... it's a nerve-wracking step for people uh... in that want to start a company because you know most the traditional mindset is well, i have to protect my idea somebody's going to steal it uh... so when we tell people to come in and say you know you've got a minute to talk about your idea to people you've never met before uh... they some people get nervous Um but once you you present your idea to everyone uh... in the in in at the event uh, I've call it uh, Darwinian selection so the kind of the better ideas rise to the top uh, and groups form around these ideas so the, the purpose of it is is to kind of form a team around uh, your idea and then that team works throughout the entire weekend on bringing that idea to a reality uh, by the end of Sunday evening and we help them out by bringing in uh, coaches so local people uh, successful entrepreneurs, and sometimes uh, if we can get them uh, not local, so we'll try and bring people in as speakers and coaches and whatnot, um, provide them with the resources, and then at the end of the weekend, they present their idea to a panel of judges, um, and the winner gets uh, additional resources to continue their idea. So the whole purpose of Startup Weekend is to kind of be that first entry point, a very low, intimidating event, uh, so that anyone and everyone is welcome, regardless of um, where they're at, you know, as far in, in their entrepreneur entrepreneurial pursuit, uh, and introduce them to more things uh, in the community.
0: It's 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 it sounds on as you said on the one hand very intimidating, but um, also kind of a crash course and a and a, a quick. And deep way to go uh, from a notion to hmm, maybe I can really do this, and and that's that's a that's a big journey in a short time.
3: Absolutely, and and what we find is even people that don't have ideas that just want to learn um, or or kind of get to know more about starting a business will show up, and you know just because you don't have an idea doesn't prevent you from joining a team, uh, and we actually encourage that because. Not every team, not every idea can be worked on throughout the weekend. Uh, and so when, if someone pitch, presents an idea and it doesn't uh, get, you know, popularity, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad idea. just means that that idea wasn't presented well or needs a little bit of refinement. Uh, but those people usually join another group and kind of take the lessons learned throughout the weekend to go back and apply it to their oh, own. Oh,
0: great. So somebody who doesn't quite their idea doesn't, um, you know, grab folks and, and, and rise to the attention um, uh, of, of a team, uh, they can work on another team and learn through that process with that team um, how to better uh, bring their idea forward. Give me a couple examples of, of um, some of the uh, startups that uh, emerged from this last session.
3: Yeah, so that's the great thing about Startup Weekend is that we see uh, ideas from all over the place. Um, whether it's a, you know, a health app or, or someone trying to create a, uh, a new program for fitness within companies uh, to, you know, somebody presenting an idea for cowboy cookies or, or whatever the case may be. Uh, so we get ideas all across the board. Our last event, um, last year, our winners, we did it in, in October, and the winner of that event was uh, trying to create a platform to make it easier for tourists to kind of get more involved in the local community. So I think the trend when you travel to a new city now is, you know, I don't want to do what the tourists do, take me where the locals are. Uh, that's what you hear, you know, especially people uh, that are younger traveling, they they kind of are over all those tourist traps, and they, they want to stay away from the Bourbon Street and want to go to, you know, Maple Street or Oak Street or wherever the locals are. Um so their, their company uh, is trying to build and work together uh, with their team to put together an app where locals can be basically be tour guides for, for tourists coming in.
0: Okay, Chris, hold on, because we got a caller. Let's see what Tim's up to. What you got, Tim?
3: Uh, good morning, Jane. I just have a quick question for your guest before he gets off the subject. He sure. just mentioned that... Um, most people are nervous about presenting ideas because they don't want them stolen, but then he didn't go into detail. How do you protect against that? Thank you. Yeah, abs- absolutely. yeah. No, I'll, I'll hang up and listen, okay? Thank you. Go ahead. Uh, and that's a great question. We get that, like I said, we get that a few times. Uh, and the answer is, the real answer is, you kind of protect that just based on the energy that you bring to the table. So what I tell entrepreneurs all the time when they ask me that question is, um, ideas are a dime a dozen, and there are, you know, countless of good ideas out there. What really separates a good idea from a successful company is the execution. Uh, so if I come up with an idea that I'm really passionate about, you know, I can tell everyone else, and I have to know and be confident because uh, there is a lot, of, a lot of confidence that goes into being an entrepreneur. Uh, be confident that only I'm the only person that can execute this idea successfully.
0: So, you know, on the other hand, I have to say, um, Chris, I and myself have had a couple ideas, especially um, phrases that um, I used uh, to describe a project. And um, at the time, I didn't have the money or the know-how to protect them. So essentially they kind of, you know, I hate to use the word, but they got stolen. So I had an expression, where you art. And I used it really um, in reference to a um, tour program I had. I was developing tours that were anchored by arts um, venues around the city as a way of getting people around the city to see art. Um, And I didn't protect it. And um, I guess it was maybe around a year or two later, um, that that name got picked up by one entity, and then uh, somebody else picked it up from them, and um, I lost it. So I, I'm hearing Tim's question, and I understand, yes, that it's terrific to get that input from everybody and that buy-in and, and that helps you kind of get past your fear of starting something. But on the other hand, um, you really do have to protect things or else they can they can migrate.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that I, you get to a point where you should, uh, you absolutely need to protect it, you know, especially when it comes to a brand. Uh, you want to make sure that you go through the legal um, options to trademark and copyright, anything that you can. Uh, but at the end of the day, like I, like I said, it's, it's all about execution. Uh, so there are plenty of lawn, like you mentioned earlier, to uh, kind of play off the metaphor when you were talking with Tim, lawn care companies out there. Yeah. Uh, but there are only so many good lawn care companies. The yeah. product is the same. The ser- Well, I guess the service is the same, but the product is different. And the reason the product is different is because it's execution. Uh, the name of that lawn care company is, while I know there's a lot of pride that goes into it because founders, uh, including myself, will spend days, if not weeks, trying to come up with the quote-unquote perfect name, uh, but the name is not going to is not gonna determine the product. No one's going to buy, your com- buy into your company in the very beginning because you've got a great name. Uh, they buy into your company after they associate success with that name. Um, and, and it happens on all levels. I mean, even in the technology companies, you know, Apple, uh, the iPhone is not a whole lot different from a Samsung phone. In fact, some would argue that there are complete duplicates of each other in some cases. Uh, but there's a reason why the iPhone is the number one selling cell phone in the, co- in the country, uh, in the world, actually, uh, when it comes down to on a per-product basis.
0: Hmm. Well, Okay. Um, You you used a phrase that I think is really important. Key um, to getting buy-in for your effort, your company, and buy-in means the investment that you need to grow it, to scale it, as we were talking about before, is when people associate success with that company. So tell me about how a business does that. Yeah, and you said I think execution, that, and I, know, I understand it's basically execution, but let's break it down a little bit.
3: Sure. Um, so the way that with Startup Weekend, we kind of teach founders to go through uh, a very staged approach when starting a company. Uh, and the first stage that you get when you start a company is you have to validate that. Um, so there are things that I make when, you know, I, I work in a, a very niche industry, Um but And I, I approach a problem a certain way, uh, but the way that I approach a problem doesn't mean that that's the perfect solution to that problem. Uh, so, And this kind of ties into being able and being willing to share your idea or, or the solution to the problem that you've come up with, is that once you've come up with that, you've got to go out and talk to people that you assume are going to be your uh, customers and ask them, you know, is this something that you would use? Uh, Or are you even having this same problem? That's the first place you need to start. You need to make sure that the problem you're solving is a real problem for the world and not just a problem for you and your closest friends that are going to always be there to support you. Um, So we teach people to get out of the building, which is a pretty common phrase that you hear a lot of uh, in this space. And when I say get out of the building, I mean talk to people that don't necessarily know who you are. Um, So... This past, I'll use an example, we had a, from this past year, we had a team of uh, engineering students uh, and professors from Southeastern come down for Startup Weekend, and they put a team together to work on a toy for children under the age of three to get them interested in um, engineering thought. Uh, So it was a wireless car that could be controlled by placing certain blocks with arrows on them, and it would follow the direction of the arrows. They thought this was a great idea, but when they started their idea on Friday, it was a completely different idea. And I don't even remember what the original idea for the toy was. Uh, But as they went through their process, we hosted this event at Loyola. Uh, They knew they needed to go out and and ask people where they went. So during their presentation, the judges asked, "Where did you? Where? How did you validate this idea?" Uh, and they simply said well we walked across the street into Audubon Park and asked moms and dads who were there with their children would you buy this toy um, or do you want your children to be involved in engineering and would you buy this toy to get them interested in engineering um, and the other the other value of validating is now you start you can then use that data and those people to value where your what your price for your service or product should be how much would you pay for this Um so that's kind of where we tell them to start. And when you do that, you build up this really interested core group of what people in the entrepreneur space call early adopters. Uh, and they'll be the first people that can, you can test your products on, test your services on. Uh, and if you're successful with them, they'll go out and be your advocates and what, uh, is also do that, uh, help you with that word of mouth marketing. They'll introduce your, you to their friends and, so on and so forth, and the snowball effect happens.
0: So you know what? I can't help but uh, as I listen to you, think about um, my world, which is a nonprofit world. But everything you're saying really applies to what I do as well. I need to come take one of these um, sessions with you guys.
3: Speaking Absolutely. of which, <laughs> I actually just launched a nonprofit earlier this year, and and, and went and apply the same principles to it.
0: Really? So um, let me ask you this, Chris. Uh, aside from during the um, NOEW week, uh, do you uh, do these sessions at other times and other places? So I want people to know whether they can access this kind of uh, process uh, at other times.
3: Yeah, absolutely. We host them. Uh, well, now we're moving to it twice a year. Uh, it used to be an annual event, but now we're, uh, we've got to great group of organizers behind us now and we're going to do it twice a year um our next event is coming up may uh 6th through the 8th which is a friday through saturday um and this event is going to be focused on um education uh so anyone with an idea um for education is welcome to come and pitch their idea we are not limiting to educators though we want to i definitely want to stress that um you know, if you don't have an idea for education but still want to be a part of the event, you can absolutely show up and join a team. And like I mentioned earlier, take the principles and uh, and apply them to your own business. Um, so that'll be May sixth through the eighth. And our where is it going to be, event, Tim? I'm sorry. Where is it going to be? Uh, right now, we're tentatively. Tentatively booked at Loyola um, again, but we're we're working on confirming that. Uh, if you if anyone is interested, they can go to the website swnola.com and it'll redirect them uh, to the Startup Weekend Edu page, which will have all the information and you can buy tickets uh, to the event on the page. They are um, listed at fifty dollars a ticket, and what that includes is obviously all the work, but you get Meals throughout the weekend as well uh, so, so let we, me just get
0: that uh, that that um, name again did you say x
3: w nola s s as in sam WNOLA.com.
0: okay SWNOLA.com. com guys out there women out there, please access this this sounds i, I 'm going to go I need this for my my organization this Absolutely. is uh, this is really interesting and um, and again, Chris, the same thing I said for Victoria and Tim thank you so much for what you're doing for the city and Absolutely. i see you have i see you have a whole other life that we don't have time for today but <laughs> at another time we're going to talk about your work in aviation and bringing startups into the aviation world that's quite that's quite an idea for people who um, are startups to even think about what looks like such a big big business uh, dominated um, field, So I look forward yep. to uh, talking with you again. And thank you so much again for what you're doing. And, again, that is May 6th to 8th is the next um, yep. uh, start-up weekend. And I yep. encourage everybody out there who's got that idea, don't be shy. Go test it out and um, and learn a lot about what you can do with your talent and your ideas and, and your drive. And uh, that's, mm. it's going to benefit you and everybody else around us.
3: Absolutely. And, Gene, just for your listeners, if they want to use the uh, promo code N, uh, I'm sorry NOEW, so NOE, uh, it'll knock $20 off the ticket so they can get a $30 ticket.
0: Oh, right. That's important. That's a, and uh, you know what, uh, Chris, send me something on this, and I'll put it in our newsletter also and and, and carry it. Um, uh, for a bit during between now and, uh, and May and, and, and really build up your crowd because I'd love to see as many people as possible um, learn how to take their ideas to business opportunities.
3: Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, right. and I'm happy to come back and talk about it.
0: Great. Thank you. Um, good- okay, I've got um, Lindsay Fox uh, holding for me on the, the line, and um, Lee's going to tell me which button to hit. Oh, there she is. Okay. Um, Lindsay?
4: Yes. Hi, How Lindsay are you? Fox.
0: Thanks for waiting. I'm sorry. We have such interesting people that it's hard to get off uh, onto the next subject. But Lindsay <laughs> Fox is the vice president of sales and brand strategy for something called Look Far. So we're going to find out what Look Far is in a minute. But I just have to. Um, uh, I have this wonderful guy, uh, Christoph Mergeson, who. Um, Unfortunately, is going to school somewhere in another city. But in the meantime, he's been really helping me out. And he's been putting together my little tip sheets on what's going on in the show. And and in his tip sheet, he says, you made a documentary about musicians in New Orleans in the year after Katrina. You were on oh, wow. the surf team in high school. You graduated from the University of California with a degree in communication. And you worked in film production and marketing in Los Angeles for eight years. And here you are um, helping us in New Orleans again grow our opportunities. And during NOEW Week this past session, you hosted a coding workshop for the electric girls. You call it a community of women that mentors girls to be leaders in STEM, which let me see if I can remember what STEM stands for. It's um, No, I'm not going to remember the whole thing. You do it.
4: Uh, So STEM is Science, Technology, Engineering, and Math.
0: Okay, but you know that we in the creative field like to add an A in there, right? Yes. Yeah, same. so we put the arts in there. Um, yes. Okay, so tell me about um, LookFAR and tell me about um, – I'm, I'm fascinated to hear about the Electric Girls session.
4: Uh, so thanks so much for that introduction, and I'm impressed with the research that your assistant did and, and found dug up all that stuff about me. Um, so LookFAR is a software development studio, And we, at the core, we build software. So we build everything from websites to mobile apps to um, e-commerce platforms and business intelligence tools. We're even working on a virtual reality project right now. So we are a tech company, um, and we we write software. So we have a bunch of developers, but we have a focus on startups. And so we have a, a program in place to support the startups, and we realized that we couldn't just build software for them and, you know, hope that they become the next big thing um, because we also um, offer discounted rates in exchange for equity. So we sort of come in and play the role of an investor. And um, (laughs) when you play that role, you need to be thinking about the long term and, you know, the the success of, of the product. And so we started offering some wraparound services to support the, the product that we build. Um, and, therefore, we do a lot of business consulting. We do some customer uh, acquisition strategy consulting. We do, uh, we're do we going to be doing some financial modeling. We also have a startup hub. So there's a co-working space inside of our office that is dedicated to the startups that we're partnered with. Um so that's a little where, where bit are now. you actually located what's that
0: Where are you actually located?
4: We are located in the CBD in the exchange center and uh, for those of you who don't know where that building is it is at O'Keefe and Gravier.
0: okay O'Keefe and Gravier. Uh-huh all right. okay so um, you know how can how can folks out there access, the services that you're providing, and, and presumably you you do things throughout the year, is what I'm hearing, <clears throat> not just during NOEW week. So, um, give me oh, a, yes. a little better uh-huh. understanding of the of the year and what you do throughout the year, and how people can, uh, um, you know, get the benefit of what you're doing.
4: Um, absolutely. So yeah, we I mean we are we're a business, so we're not just you know an organization that. Um, you know, we're not like an event organization or something where we're just doing stuff during NOE or... um, We are uh, a a business that functions year-round and we've got, um, you know, clearly our our focus is really finding um, software partners. And so we've got, you know, projects that we work on both with established businesses and startups. However, we have grown... Um, our sales and marketing team here, and we operate basically around campaigns. And so we have campaigns set up for every month. Um, Sometimes we have more than one in a month, and that gets a little crazy. But um, we basically decide, you know, what is our focus going to be, what's the message that we're talking about for this month, Um, and obviously with an end goal of reaching our um, consumers, uh, our target customer, kind of what Chris was just talking about in terms of, you know, um, early adopters and all that stuff. We practice a lot of the lean methodology for ourselves, and we also ask our, our startup partners to do the same thing. So, you know, we have personas who we are targeting. And so um, oftentimes the campaigns are tied to events that we do. Um, and we've kind of, yes, yeah, started to do more events than we I think ever anticipated we would do. But, you um, Noe, you know, we are one of our big partners is Idea Village, and um, we really are trying to align ourselves with all of the local accelerators. I think a lot of people think that we are an accelerator um, because of our relationship with startups and because we offer discounted pricing in exchange for equity, and we have a startup hub, and, you know, we offer these different workshops to help the startups along. So it feels similar to an accelerator, but... We're really, at the core, we're building software for the partners, um, which most accelerators don't do. Yeah,
0: Lindsay, we're going to run out of time pretty soon, so I really want to uh, drill down for a bit because, number one, I'm not sure everybody in our audience knows what an accelerator is to begin with, but um, you you focus on software, and uh, what I'd like you to do is focus in now on a couple examples of um, software products that you've developed or helped somebody else develop. Um, let, let's um let's get down to the uh, anecdotal and, and example levels so people better understand what you're talking about.
4: Absolutely. Um, <coughs> so we have one of our um, big announcements during NOE was for a startup partner of ours who just rebranded. They were called GoTo Interview. and now they are called A-Crew, Um and they are a platform that connects um, job seekers with employers specifically focused on hourly worker. Um, And so what we have done is we've created a platform for her and really helped her rebuild this platform where um, job seekers in the hourly worker space, specifically she's focusing on restaurants right now. Um, So if you were in need of a a restaurant job, you would be able to log into this platform. And her sort of differentiator are these first impression videos. Um, So there's A video component to the platform. You know, you log in, you create a profile, then you record a video of yourself, and it's supposed to be brief and just give an introduction of who you are and um, give a sense to the employer, you know, beyond just a piece of paper with your work history about how how you can communicate. You know, what are your communication skills like? What's your personality like? Um, And so uh, that's an example of one of our products. Um, There's also obviously the employer side as well to this platform where the employers can log in and and do their job posting and and track um, and communicate with the uh, job seekers. So that's an example. I mean, we've done a a whole range of things. Um, We uh, built a sort of, on the established business side, We built an ERP system that uh, ties into the front-end website for a distribution company. Um, It is called Unfolded, and she is a distributor in the U.S., in Canada, New Zealand, and Australia for Annie Sloan Chalk Paint. And so this ERP system um, is really what runs her business. It tracks her inventory, her warehousing, um, all of her customers, and... uh, You know, kind of her accounting, and um, it's a a pretty comprehensive system. So we do things that are on the back end that. Help businesses be more efficient, and then we also create products that are consumer facing, like the one I described called Acrew.
0: So, Lindsay, I'm sure you hear the music in the background too. My, that's my engineer's way of, of kicking me out of the studio. So, um, I, I'm going to have to end there. I, I'm fascinated, actually. I want to uh, have you on again on another show and t- uh, talk in more detail about what you do. Um, but well, basically, you, how can I'm people sorry, find we didn't you? I get to
4: talk about the electric girls because they were fantastic. I
0: know. Uh, well, we'll we'll we'll, do, we'll work on that. So, lookfar.com, l o o k f a r.com, because I love the fact that you are also working on getting girls into coding. That's a, that's a big um, leap yeah. that we need to take in our society. So, Lindsay, keep doing what you're doing, and uh, I may just call on you because uh, we've got a couple things that could use kind of um, work that you're doing. Um, how how do you feel, guys? You hear all these people who are working to help us all do better. Um, more to come next week. We will be on at two o'clock. I don't know how that's going to work, but hey, it is what it is. Gene Nathan, Cross Town Conversations. Talk to you soon.